Blog Talk Radio. All right, everybody. Welcome, welcome to another live broadcast of the Real Talk Sports Show. We broadcast to you from just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, just 20 minutes south here in uh, one of our favorite spots, the Holiday Inn and Suites in Stockbridge, Georgia. And I'm here with uh, two of my favorite guys here. Uh, right to my right-hand side, Mr. Ken Swilling. Uh, this guy applied his trade right down to Platts at Georgia Tech, one of the greatest football players ever to lace him up for Georgia Tech. Ken, welcome back, bro. Thank you, Ken, sir. Good to be here. Good to be here. And uh, speaking of welcome back, uh, our good buddy here, the devious deacon himself, is back in the building. <laughs> Miles T. is here. Yeah, you look you look comfortable with that orange mic in your hand. Yeah, you, you really do. You look like you you're good. Yes indeed. We want to give a shout out to everybody who is watching us live here on Facebook and also on YouTube Live. You can find us on both of those uh lovely, lovely formats. So uh we thank God for each and one of you and we're gonna make an adjustment so we all can get whoa. That's what I want. Whoa, 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 whoa. A little too much moving. Around. <laughs> a little too much moving around there, but uh, that's all right. We're, we're back in the building here. All good. Well, we're going to talk a little bit of NFL, uh, of course, college football playoffs. We're going to talk that, and we're also going to um, talk a little teensy wins of basketball. But Mason, there's going to be a lot of football here because we had a big, big football weekend, Mr. Ken, big one. Yep, it was huge. It was uh, probably one of the the uh, most epic days. Um, in, in Atlanta sports history. Oh, no doubt. Uh, you know, to have the national championship played in our right here, right here in Atlanta, in our brand new uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, I tell you, it was it was the only thing that was that was bad about it. The, my, the wrong Georgia team was playing in it. I I wish my jackets, uh, uh, you know, could conspire to do so much. Um, you know, I, I must as a Yellow Jacket fan, I could not bring myself. To actually to root for Georgia, I know. I, I have told this to uh, several people that uh, um, you know there, there is a very small part of me, the part of me that grew up about 35 minutes away from uh, from the University of Georgia, into uh, up in Tacoma, Georgia. Um, that little part of me is kind of wanted them to, to do well. However, the other 99.9% of me uh, is to hell with Georgia all day long. <laughs> well, I mean, basically, as a, as a Georgia Tech guy, I think you got exactly what you wanted. You and I talked about that on the phone. Oh. That situation where you had Georgia in the championship, they play well. But they lost. They lost. So you, you don't have to walk around, you know, dealing with, with the red and black, you know, yeah. kind of looking at you saying, hey, we, we got one. And now we're we're back in front. I tell, I tell, minister, I'll tell you what, man. I, I was watching the game with with one of my friends, uh, my friend Valerie, and her, her 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 friend Ray, her boyfriend Ray. We were watching the game, and he was for Georgia, and we were, for, of course, for Georgia for uh, for uh, Alabama. But when the guy uh, when Tua threw the ball, and uh, the young man caught it. I screamed like I was from from Auburn, Alabama. I screamed as if I was from from Selma, Alabama. I screamed just like I grew up in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you something, which was really bizarre. Um, you know, you, we, we're trying to. I'm trying to really make sure I stay in that whole, you know, sportscaster mode. Uh-huh. And you know, if you're in the press box, which I wasn't, by the way, if you're, if you're in the press box, you, 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 they tell you no cheering in the press box. Right. They're very, right. they're very funny about that because that's the case. They tell you to go buy a ticket, right, and go out there and watch the game. But um, uh, I got to tell you, when I saw, first of all, I saw the sack. 
first. I said, game over. Right. You know, because I said, you already got a guy that shanks stuff from 30. I said, what are you going to do around 42 yards? This game is over. <laughs> and then when I saw that guy break into the clear, I said, man, this thing is true. And I said, I just jumped off. And I said, I looked around and realized, okay, you need to sit yourself down. Because right. you didn't bet any money on the game. You didn't win anything. <laughs> and that's it. Um, I, got a, I got a question for you, Yes. Where was the safety help on that play? Okay, first, first, first of all, let me let me answer the question. I'm, I'm getting ready to tell you the the play. Um, after they were in cover two, and it's designed for the cornerback to get a jam or to get a the outside guy can't have a free release. Right. And that's what happened. He got a free release, and he was able to get upfield. And once he got behind the safety, there is a there's once he got behind the cornerback, uh, mm-hmm. there's going to be a void right there. But the say if you get a jam, you can come off the the hash. But um, to the quarterback's credit, he did a good job of looking the safety off. He he looked to the right and and and, and, and held the safety, um, which was which was awesome. He held the safety. Just long enough to um, to turn to the left, so you could turn to the left and throw the ball. The thing about it is, you know, the safety misplayed it because he should not have been on the house because he should have went. You, you always taught that even in cover two, no matter what's happening, unless you got somebody that's a that's an immediate threat down down that hash or in the middle of the field. You needed to drift off the hash. You needed to be almost in between the hash and the numbers. Mm-hmm. And then he wasn't backpedaling hard enough. He wasn't deep enough mm-hmm. because, as you notice, when he got ready to turn, he was already behind the play. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you know. So it was one of those things that, as a, as a former safety, I know I don't look like a safety now. If you look at me on Facebook, you know, uh, about a hundred pounds or so ago, you know, it was one of those things where. You know, I played safety, so I understand the nuances of it and how to what you're supposed to do, what you're supposed to look at, what you're supposed to, where you're supposed to be. And and um, to Sanders, um, um, you know, uh, Mr. Sanders just didn't play it well. It was it was sad. I, I hated it for uh, for them for them to um, get that close and to be able to to taste the fruit, but not be able to, to swallow and, 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 and drink it all in. It was was kind of all right with me, though. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was going to get to that. But let me go back to this this whole way that things were set up. I mean, Tua, in his, in his press conference and even post-game comments, oh, he talked about, well, this is amazing, this guy's a freshman, okay, uh, coming from literally halfway, not halfway, all the way from around the other end of the country, came from Hawaii. Right. He said, as a freshman in the national championship game, he said, when I saw the covers in a cover two, I looked them off. I mean, actually, you watched the replay. You actually moved the safety with his head. I mean, what, I mean, what kind of what kind of young men are we producing that at 17, 18 years old they can walk on to the biggest stage? And oh, by the way, didn't play a minute in the first half, not one minute. All right. And the thing about it is, um, you know, everybody's been talking all week how. Um, how brilliant Nick Saban is, you know, the most brilliant thing that Nick Saban did was uh, kind of be disloyal to the guy that had kind of got him there. And, um, you know, it took a lot of moxie to me. If you ask me, it took a lot of moxie, took a lot of stones to do that because, um, you know, Jalen Hurt had got had Hurt had got him to that point. But Nick Saban realized and recognized that um, it wasn't his night. Right. And, you know, it wasn't like, in the, I was telling somebody earlier today, it wasn't like they were down 28 to nothing. Right. They were only down two scores. 
Right. But the way George was playing defense, it, it seemed like it seemed like down by more. Like they were down by a whole lot more. Yep. Just by the way they were starting um, uh, Alabama's offense. So for him to come out in the second half and uh, and say, hey, we're going to make a change, we're going to go ahead and go with Tua, uh, and we're going to go ahead and, and, and see what he can give us. And then once the young kid gets in and goes a three and out, then he, um, he scores a touchdown and he throws a, a horrible interception. And uh, the first thing he did uh, to uh, Tua was come over and put his arm around Nick Saban and say, Coach, don't worry about it. I got you. I know I'm upset. I'm okay. It's going to be all right. And, um, you know, people are thinking that this is some, this was some kind of panic move or this was something that was, you know, that, that Nick Saban, you know, uh, panicked in that, in that moment. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. He was able to watch this kid all season long. Right. From the time from the spring all the way to um, to that last week of preparation, and he knew the moment wouldn't be too big for him. Was able to come in and do some things that they needed to do because they needed to throw the ball. They needed to loosen up Georgia. And I, I was telling somebody earlier earlier this week that it's it's hard when you prepare for one guy, and all of a sudden the next guy wins. Right, and he is the same, but but they're so different, <laughs> but different, you know, because now he is a really threat to throw. He's a really threat to uh, to thread needles and pass the ball and do uh, what the other guy could could not do. Could not do. So um, that loosened up Georgia's defense, and for a minute that that made them get rattled. But I'll tell you what, to, to Jake Fromm's credit, he came right back. And and threw the touchdown, and I said, "Oh my, this this might be George's night." Right? You know, he threw an eighty yard eighty yard bomb um, uh, to number four, and I said, "This this has got to be um, that night." The shout out to to, to Nico Hardeman. Uh, he's from Albert County, which is uh, right around the corner from the coast. I about so. to say right next door to you, probably. <laughs> well, yeah. listen, guys, you're listening to the Real Talk Sports Show. We broadcast to you as we always do simulcasting. Uh, we are on BlockTalkRadio.com. Uh, you can find us there. Just go on to Real Talk Sports. We also are broadcasting on YouTube Live, and of course, we are on Facebook Live as well. So we appreciate each and every one of you who have joined us here on the broadcast. And we actually have a way for you to call in. You can call us at phone number is three four seven three two six ninety nine ninety one. As we're talking right now, a little bit of college football championship. Well, guys, I got to tell you, um, what was interesting to me. Uh, was not only making that decision, but, you know, I, I, I actually, I will, I'm going to give myself a shout-out, guys. If you go and look up my tweets, <laughs> this is not something I did after the fact. If you look at my tweets about, uh, I guess, game time was around 8.30 or something like that. Half an hour before game time, you will see on Real Talk Sports tweeted the following. said that uh, although our heart is with Georgia, said we look for Alabama to win in a thriller 27-23. Wow. Yeah, no joke. No joke. Yep. So I was, I got to rub myself on the back. I was, had they kicked extra point, I would have been riding the money. And really what I thought was, I thought not necessarily the way it went out with Tua, but I did think that at some point late in that game, that Alabama being, having been there so many times before, uh, would not be rattled. The other thing I posted on, uh, on social media, um, was the eerie similarities between that game when I was watching it, when Georgia got 27, the eerie similarities between that game and the Falcons and the Super Bowl. And the weird thing is, is a guy who follows me on social media actually posted, and you can go again to my Twitter site and see it, uh, see it. he actually posted the side-by-side scoreboards. It was around the, third, right around the same time in the third period. Georgia up 20-7 over Alabama, and then a split screen right next to it, the Falcons up 20-3 over the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Just a weird thing. And then considering 
And what made me think about that is the ties between the, those two organizations. A lot of people are not aware, but there are some pretty deep ties between Alabama and the Patriots, the biggest one between two head coaches right. uh, who served in the same staff. I mean, right. Nick Saban was, uh, was Belichick's defense coordinator yeah, exactly. when he was at Cleveland. At Cleveland, I actually played. You know, that's right. That's when you, that's when you were there. So, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, these guys, uh, you know, have this tie. Uh, and we certainly know that pay, Patriot coaches and Alabama coaches have spent time uh, with one another, and they have that championship pedigree, that that ability to say, "Hey, we're not, you know, we're just not going to lose." Right. You know. Question: mm-hmm. Where does this does this win and this victory put Nick Saban in the lore of uh, not just college coaching, not just um, yeah, football coaching, but coaching? Period. What does this put him? Well, you know, he already was elevated as considered to be one of the best coaches, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, especially in college for sure. Uh, you know, now he's tied to, you know, the legend himself, Bill Bryant, six national titles. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about Saban is he can say he's won national titles at two different schools. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is kind of tough. You know, you're talking about you going from LSU uh, and did what he did there and then to turn around and go to Alabama. And now this unprecedented run of, I guess it's uh, so uh, a... <laughs> Not with the LSU talent they have. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta we gotta put him up there as one of the all-time best coaches, uh, certainly in college history, and he's he's coming close to being one of the best all-time coaches. Period. Right. Uh, because, because you look you look you look at what he's done um, in such a short period of time. What I guess is now six championships in nine years, or five championships in nine years. Right. Um, just having that kind of run. And really the only thing that in our day and time that can come close to that is the Patriots run of having, you know, five Super Bowl wins in, uh, I guess it's 15, 16 years. Right. Yeah. So, and, and not only that, but 10 AFC championship appearances on right. top of that. Exactly. So. Well, um, time to answer the question a little bit. On the college level, I think he's probably the best one to do. But we, we, we saw his resume. I can't, I don't know the exact stats and numbers on his resume in uh, Miami when he took over had full management, all that, and everything. Uh, both sides, you know, college and football level, you, I guess we can't really put them there because, I mean, we if, if that's the case, you can have argument with Pete Carroll. Look what he did at USC, the little dynasty he had up there. And then the dynasty he had in Seattle that he got going on, which has went bad since that Super Bowl, bad Super Bowl call. That's when, that's when the Seattle Seahawks is, like, completely dropped off. Like they lost their mojo that night that they did not give these Mo the ball on the one yard line. So he's kind of like you can argue with him, and he's done it on both levels. So he would have two Super Bowl rings up under his belt as an NFL coach, and what two uh, at least one I know at uh, USC at least. Okay. I know this coaching in the pros is is totally different. Um, the thing about uh, Nick Saban is he loves talent. Yep. And when you are a college coach, you can accrue um, the um, the right amount of talent mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at, at your will. You got a chance to get twenty five young men to come into your institution uh, that will be five or four stars or sometimes three star athletes that you can come in and groom. In the pros, the the movement is not as much, and it's just a little bit different. It's just as well. It's a lot. It's a lot different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got the money aspect. You got all the other things that that come into it. And a guy that you might be paying uh, a lot of money might not be as good as as somebody somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, the key is at that at the pro level is to get young talent that can really play. That's really cheap. 
You know, and then you're not going to say, you know, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, I like Russell Wilson, I like, you know, those things, I like kind of what the Falcons are doing right now, right. you know, we're in a, in a window of time where we have an opportunity to win before we start having to break all of this stuff down and break it up because you're going to have to start paying people and you can't keep everybody. Yeah, because people forget that, uh, that in fact, that, you know, guys like Deion Jones and Devondre Campbell, they were not right. first-round picks. Right. First-round pick was, was kind, of, uh, kind of real, but the right. rest of those guys were second. Uh, Deion Jones was second, and Devondre Campbell was actually a fourth-round pick, right. as was on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Devonta Freeman, right. fourth-round pick. So uh, you're right. That's what you have to do in the pros. Again, just kind of you know, putting saving up there. Uh, so do they have enough time on the NFL level? He didn't stay long enough. He didn't stay long enough. Uh, Alabama backed up the truck and, and said, come, come, on. <laughs> come on. We got, we got a whole lot of change you know, for you. He didn't, he didn't want to leave, but, you know, when people throwing dump trucks of money at you, you can't. <laughs> I mean, what, what are you going to do? So, no, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? And his heart is in college coaching. Right. Mm-hmm. He loves it. And you, yeah. you, you can tell. And he can have, um, you know, first-round picks, um, you know, he's got 25 of them, <laughs> you know, as he gets the right kid and he gets the right guy coming in, which he, he seems to have a, a train of people come, coming down to, um, to that situation. Now, Miles, you talked about something the other night. Uh, I think I heard this right, where Nick Saban on Alabama's team were like 37, some, 37 or 38 five-star. Five uh, just on Alabama team alone, and if you combine the number of five stars throughout the whole uh, the playoff teams, the other four, the other three teams, uh, I think they only have like 35, 32. 30, 32 or thirty-two, something like that. Yeah. So you, when, when the odds are stacked like that, you know you almost have to have what Georgia had this year, a senior-laden team to overcome some of that some of that stuff. And Georgia had thirty one seniors this, this time. Mm-hmm. They had thirty one guys who um you know, we know the story with Sonny Michelle and Mick Chubb that decided to come back and um, you know, kudos to those guys. I think that was very admirable of them. They saw it and I think they you know, they were just minutes away uh from when, from accomplishing something that they really, really wanted to do. Um if you be honest, if I to be honest with you, I really think um them not giving Sonny Michelle um, the ball in that second half was probably one of the key uh, factors of them losing the ball game. Uh, you know, as we sit back and digest it and kind of have a few days to look at it and kind of think about it, you know, hindsight being what it is, it's always 20-20. I would love to see Sonny Michelle get the ball at least five or six more times, you know, and uh, that was a that was a series at the end of the ball game right before Alabama drove down to kick that, uh, you know, what would what would have been a game when the field goal that Sonny Michelle and Norman Chubb was on, was on the field. And I had to call that into question, you know, a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm not outside looking in, of course. I'm, I'm not a Georgia fan at all. But, uh, you know, I want my best guys having the ball in their hand and doing what they do in, in that moment when it comes to championship moments. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, you know, that's something that, you know, whether it was by design or whether it was by, you know, whatever, I'm like, if, if I'm the coach, if I'm coaching, I'm Kirby Smart, I'm looking on the field, I see seven, I don't need seven right now, I need one, <laughs> because one was giving me everything that I needed, you know, and they needed to give him the ball a little bit more, um, you know, I, I hated Nick Chubb didn't have a game that he, that he wanted, but that was a different kind of defense that he was going against, that was a different kind of, you know, um, athlete that he was going against, and if you ask me, my personal opinion, uh, don't get mad at me out there in, in Facebook world, and, and, and and, and, and the block top radio where I think Nick Chubb did himself a disservice 
this this in this championship game. I think, you know, he really hurt his draft stock. You know, if you ask me because they see uh he's not full of foot, he's plotted into the hole and his indecision is sometimes one dimensional. He's very, very, very one dimensional. He's a one way go guy and um, you know, if he he has to be in the right situation. And that goes to all of them. Everybody has to be in the right, right situation. But I would be I'm gonna be shocked and I'm gonna be very, very shocked if he gets drafted um in in this upcoming draft. I'm gonna be very, very shocked if somebody gives him a an opportunity as a draft pick. I'm not saying he won't be in the league, but you know, I just don't think they're gonna they wanna draft him. Uh, that's pretty strong, Ken. That's yeah, right. I, I know. I don't want to say that. I mean, I'm not saying he had a bad game. This is a guy that's been second only behind Herschel Walker in total yards of you know cheating okay. on the ground. I mean, here's what here's what here's what I what I looked at. To me, um, they, they, it is why why did why did they win the championship? Because in essence, Kirk got old coach. Right. I mean, yeah. that's really the bottom line. I mean, what you said first of all, that's why this thing like someone I'm watching. I said, man, it reminds me of the Falcons. Reminds me of the Falcons because if you remember. In that game against the Patriots, Devontae Freeman, as a matter of fact, he even made some comments afterwards, probably ill advised, saying, hey, if I had gotten the ball more, I would have been the MVP. Right. And he was right because the Patriots really had no answer for him for most of that game. And mm-hmm. it was the same thing with Alabama. Right. Um, Sony Michelle ran at Alabama at will. The other thing which I can't understand is, and to me it was kind of a disservice to Nick Chubb. I understand Nick Chubb is not as fast as Sony Michelle, but you, you, you can't run – on the interior in Alabama. No one can do it. So why were you continually just running, just chub, like old school, three yeah. yards and caught a dust? Of course the guy yeah. couldn't get a yard because he's, he's going against probably one of the best interior front lines outside of Clemson in the country. Mm-hmm. You got two you got two guys, I think, 330 or more yeah, in that go. front line. So I saw that. And the other thing, too, is the, the offensive line on the plays, most of the plays when I saw Chubb, the offensive line were already moving backwards yep. by the time he got to the line of scrimmage. So, to me, it was more of a scheme situation when Chubb got the ball, number one. And number two, Michelle should have gotten a lot more touches. Yeah, I think he had a total of, I think, maybe 20 touches, I think two receptions and 18 carries or something like that. And this guy had the hot hand. Right. I, just, right. I didn't get him. In the second half, the same thing, 20 to 7, you, you, you clearly now you've got a two-score differential. Again, you're really similar to Falcons. Why are you trying – Okay, why are you trying to throw the ball around? I get it. You're saying it's third down. We're trying to make a play. We can't sleep on Alabama. I understand that. But you're in the third period. Sony Michelle has run the ball effectively. I'm giving him the ball until Alabama can stop him. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But, you know, and I think, I think you know, your firm had to play better in, 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 the, length, in the, the latter part of the game. We didn't play a little bit better. But I think they didn't do things to help him out. You know what I'm saying, now? Yeah. I think they didn't give him the easy throws. They didn't look for um, 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 the Ridley kid who was killing Alabama. <laughs> you know, I, I think they threw to him maybe one time that whole uh, entire time. Uh, uh, going into that in, in that in that third uh, in that third and fourth quarter, that was one one past him, and he was dominating pretty much the whole night. Yeah, and, you know whoever was on his side, whoever was he was up against, he was he was dominating them. So it was one of those things where you know you know hopefully um, Georgia learns from that situation, and as I always say, you know you never know when you're going to be able to get back to a situation like that. 
You never know when that's going to happen. And I believe in Georgia's case that they will be able to to get back into a championship situation, a championship game. How's um, about Mr. Swan? Huh? you talking about, Mr. Oh, I, you know, Georgia has set themselves up right now. They can't go backwards. Oh, I understand. Uh, you talking about Mr. Swan? I'm talking about on Facebook and on uh, Periscope. I'm going to show you these here. These are the, these are the programs from oh, the national nice. championship right here. This is Georgia's. Hmm. And uh, this is the Alabama Crimson Tide right here. Here's the official program. Um, let's see, let's send me that get one of them from you before I, I know where you're going to get them from, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not the national I'm just meeting guys. If I were a guy kind of grabbed grab the things I could get out of there. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, man, it was it was a it was a uh, like I said, I just think of a situation with with the master. Kirby definitely got the ball second half. He, he, he just got out coached. I mean, he just yeah. got out coached. I mean, yeah. we can kind of mess around and say, and then the Georgia fans are howling about the refs. And yeah, there was a there was a some missed calls. Right. Certainly, the offside was probably the most egregious call on the uh, on the punt. Mm-hmm. That was probably the worst. But at the end of the day, you still had a two score lead, two touchdowns, an extra point lead, and uh, in third qu- quarter, and you couldn't put the game away. So it's can I, ask, can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. Let's go to the other side of the ball for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen Hurts for the home idol for the first half, he was 3 of 8 for 21 yards. Right. Now, now supposedly, Kirby was supposed to have the best defensive line, best front seven in college football, right? Mm-hmm. So what did Kirby do to – and we all knew that uh, Jalen Hurts wasn't no accurate passer before this game even started. So I want to know what Jordan done to – Shut down Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts ran all over Clemson, supposedly the best defense front line in college football. I, I just, I, I'm, I know they got, I know they Clemson ain't got a real point slip though. So I really think that's what was the key, wasn't it? Well, first of all, that was a shot against the ACC. You know, I can tell us what we're talking about. I understand what you're saying. You know, the answer is is the difference maker because you're able to to kind of mirror Jalen Hurts with him. And kind of, um, you know, shut that down, shut anything down he's, that he's doing or wants to do or thinks he can do. And um, once Jalen Hurt couldn't connect on a pass play or not one pass play, you know, it kind of made it, uh, it made him very one dimensional. And they, what they did was they he never does. They they rushed him, but they didn't rush him with the full intent of we gonna sack him back there. They rest him with the tender. If he, when he takes off running because he's the one read kind of guy, mm-hmm. you know, when, he, when his read is gone, that one read is gone, he's going to take off and he's going to, he, most times he's going to come out to the right. So they did a real good job of, of coming to the right and, him force, and forcing him back to the left. Rushing you know, on the flush him out of the pocket. Right, flush him out of the pocket. Yeah, you know, and yes. and uh, Roquan Smith can catch, he can catch, uh, I don't know, he can, <laughs> he can catch everybody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. There's not too many linebackers that's going to run like him. And, uh, you know, this kid, if uh, Roquan, I know you, you're out there and you're trying to make a decision. I know you're praying and, and asking the Lord to uh, to help and guide your decision making. But he already spoke, son. It's time to go. <laughs> Another thing which is interesting was really a tale of two halves because again, very similar to the Falcons and Patriots game, and I know Falcons guys said, "Dude, will you get off this tip?" But it was the same thing in the first half. The master was out coached, right? Right. Because, because in the first half, really Georgia was able to move the ball very effectively, and uh, they had Alabama on their heels, really for most of that game. 
I mean, they really did. I mean, especially running to Nick Chubb. And I just want to clarify, uh, it was even worse than I thought. So yeah. Michelle only had 14 yeah. carries, mm-hmm. uh, but he had, you know, almost 100 yards. And so why, you know, again, um, he didn't get the ball more. I just, it's, yeah. it baffles me completely. Yeah, the both of those carries were done in, in, the, in the first half. Yep. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I can't, for the life of me, figure out why coaches get cute <laughs> and, and start thinking, well, we got to do this and we got to do that. I'm not changing anything until you make me change something. Change, right. I mean, they would have, to, you know, they would have really had to do something special uh, to someone to show like he might, might have had to been injured or whatever for me not to give him the ball. Uh, you know, at least at least ten more times in that second half. There's no question. I mean, and he did. And see, here's the thing: the way you're set up. It's the same thing with the Falcons. You don't have to necessarily give them the ball via the handoff. You can throw a screen. You can throw these these balls out in the flat because you look at it, you ran a guy, and you like you said, you ran his you ran a stock down for the draft, but you you got Chubb. Chubb gets 18 carries yes. for 25 yards. How, how, how many yards per carry is that? That is 1.4 yards a carry. And then on top of that, the only time he got a reception, he was hit behind the line of scrimmage for right. a negative play. So you basically right. have a guy that touched the ball 19 times and only got you 24 yards. Right. Well, that doesn't make any sense. And meanwhile, the guy standing next to him is giving you seven yards a pop. It makes no sense at all. Yeah, I mean, and that's, game, that's in-game definition. I mean, somebody's got to say, hey, uh, something's hot. Right. I mean, somebody on the staff got to be, got to have a, the, the stones to say, hey, uh, if something's hot, we got to get him the ball. got to find a way. And, and most time, that's got to be the head coach. Yeah. It's got to be the head coach. I know they they, they deal with um, having um, a total of or autonomy or whatever uh, with, with these coordinators, but, you know, he was the outside standing beside Mayor Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of dictating what, what Mayor Tucker would do. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm in there. I'm up there. Hey, hey Jenny, Jenny, hey, hey. Put Tony in the game. Yeah, Tony, come in. Get in the game. I don't care what we call it. Get in the game. If we make it this, though, last year, I don't know if y'all remember the, uh, not this last year, just past, but the mm-hmm. year before that, mm-hmm. the Tennessee-Georgia game. Um, when Tennessee won that hit by him, man. Right. Yep. Now, Georgia was killing us in that first half with the run. Second half, they got a little cute. Started right throwing the pass. That's what got us back into the game. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, my question is, is this, is this, is this just an immature coach right now, or is this going to be his? That wasn't Coach Mark, though. Uh, coach Mark, was it? That was that Coach Mark? Yeah, he was going to be a halftime. Was he going to coach real good in the first half and not be that good in the second half? Was he going to coach not good in the first half and be good in the second half? Or... I mean, that's the difference between a great coach and, like, Nick Taylor. The thing about it is, you know, not to cut you off, but, you know, the thing about it is, um, you know, you, when, you get a, when you get a coach that, that gets a lead and you come in at halftime, everybody's going to make adjustments to what you do or what you do. You've got to have a game plan coming out of the, of the, second, of the second half. And if, uh, But initially you want to at least run some of the similar things that you did in the first half just to see what adjustments they have so you can you can come up with another counter. And it, it did just seem to me that it was just the wrong guy with the ball in his hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to me, if you ask me personally, that, that's what happened in, in that particular ball game. It's just uh, some sure should have got the ball a whole lot more. Um, they should have tried to get the ball. I mean, Jake Fromm wasn't playing bad, but Alabama did enough to get them on schedule. Right. 
you know, and um, when you get a team off schedule and they kind of lose that that momentum, it's up to the coach now to 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 get get them back on task, get them back on, uh, you know, whatever you got to do, you know, um, the play that they had down in the, on the goal line where they went into the little wild dog with Nico Harmon, and um and they ran and he ran it. That was a genius play. Right. But they come back on the third and two, do the same movement, yeah. and, and I'm setting I'm setting here. In my living room, saying he's getting ready to get a ball to the chair. Yeah, <laughs> I, I said it before he happened. My friend was like, "How do you? How did you know that?" I said, "I, I you, you can just tell what they were going to do because Alabama and I had adjusted. They had two people outside waiting on it, and next thing you know, boom, there it is, handoff, third and three, stop." Right. You know, so. But again, that's the difference between you know the master and the pupil situation mm-hmm. where he just he just got off coach now. Right. I know Miles is asking the question, hey, does this mean the guy is a one-half coach, all that kind of stuff? I mean, all I can tell you is, is that, you know, everybody okay. – It's a lot of adjustments, yeah. Okay, first of all, it's a lot of adjustments. Second of all, you, you have to look – now, the Tennessee game was one thing, but the Alabama game, you're basically facing one of the best teams in the nation where they're going three deep, as we saw by, you know, bringing freshmen off the bench. Guys haven't seen a lick of time, and they come out here and they play like they're All-Americans. So if you don't – if you're not able to make A-level adjustments, I'm not talking about B-level that might get your win over over a team that maybe has two or three losses, a good team. I'm talking about now you're trying to win a national championship. There's no room for error. There just isn't. And so that's what I saw with Georgia. It was the same thing that I saw with, it, with with the Falcons. It was just a situation where you had the team on the ropes. Now it's about game planning and understanding where you are in the game. And it, and it seemed like Georgia was not able to do that. They just didn't seem to understand, hey, this is what we need to do to win. That last play, that can't happen. Right. I don't, because you just had a huge negative play. Okay, it can't happen. And I think, uh, you, you know, when you have that situation, when you have, what was it, second and twenty six. Yeah, right, exactly. And you're going to allow in overtime a game-winning 31-yard touchdown pass on second and 26? That's just something that can't happen. I don't. The only way that can happen is if the safety and the cornerback fell down. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, I don't think that's, that's the coach's fault. fault. No, that's not the coach's fault. I don't believe that. That particular play. That's the play. Somebody called the defense. That was a busted play. Somebody called the defense. Okay, well, you said busted play. The safety wasn't in his line of Somebody called the defense. What I'm saying is he had him in the line What they should have been, no, he didn't. What they should have been in is a three-loop zone. Right. And they should have, they should have, and that would have, that would have taken the, the, the pressure off of the safety and everybody that would have handled everything if they were, if they ran four wides, which they were, which they were in, if they ran four verticals, everything would have been covered up because now everybody's dropping into that that deep third zone. So now you can, uh, the, the the cornerback is running out there, he's running running with him, and once you run with him, he's your man. You know what I'm saying? Now, this is, I'm not trying to cut you off, my son. But, but, yeah, but, <laughs> but so I what I'm saying about that, when I'm when I mean by that, that's the player's fault. That's where all them five star players come in at. Because them, them ball players are going to know to do that. The coach shouldn't have to tell them to do that. They know a ball players should not know, should know not to let nobody get back. That's that's what they teach you. That's a one. That's football one on one. If you're watching, if you're watching this on Facebook and 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 all these different places that we are streaming live from, uh, please uh, notice how the minister is holding me back from grabbing miles right now. The The defensive coach called a play, right, and it was not executed right. I mean, I'll give you that. It was not executed right, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, to, to that degree. But 
I believe in this, me personally, they were in the wrong defense. Right. You the can't, listen, listen, I, listen, I haven't played a down, okay, of any type of football at all outside of flag football, okay? And common sense would tell you, we play for a flag football championship. The two last plays of the game, they said, hey, don't let anybody get, get behind, behind you. you. Don't let behind I don't care what you do. I, that's my point. I'm saying they were in the wrong defense for that, for that particular situation. For the situation was not, the call was wrong for that situation. Okay, okay. Hey, hold on, dude. I got, I got to take a break. We're going to take a little bit of a break, guys. We're going to commercial. I hope our commercial are working tonight. You listen to the Real Talk Sports Show. I'll be broadcasting right here on Real Talk Sports Network. Keep it locked right here. Yeah, Attention promoters, event organizers, and committees. If you're looking for a place to have your next big event, you must check out the C-Room Multiplex. The C-Room Multiplex cordially invites you to book your next artist or to host your next big event at the C-Room. Specializing in the following areas, CD release parties, showcases, fashion shows, movie premieres, birthday celebrations, wedding receptions, banquets, pastor's anniversaries, special events, and more. At the C-Room Multiplex, we also offer catering and decorating packages. For more information, call us, 678-823-5124. That's 678-823-5124. Or visit us on the web at croomatlanta.com. That's c-roomatlanta.com. The C-Room is Atlanta's premier Christian entertainment venue. The C-Room, 4013A Jonesboro Road, Forest Park, Georgia. Mention this ad for special pricing. This is Minister Jonathan Simmons, host of the Real Talk Sports Show. Do you like the positive sports stories you've been hearing? Well, partner with us to help keep the good news of sports on the air. We have great audio, video, and internet advertising packages available to promote any size business or event. Contact me directly at 678-410-9833 or send me an email, sales at realtalksports.net. We'd love to partner with you to keep the good news of sports on the air. Welcome to the eight. All right, we're coming back live here on the Real Talk Sports Show. We broadcast to you on uh, multiple channels. We're on blogtalkradio.com. Real Talk Sports has their own network. You also can find us on the Real Talk Sports TV network on YouTube. And, of course, you can go to our Facebook page and find us broadcasting to you live as well. And uh, me, one more thing, Mr. App, those of y'all looking, I, I got my elbow on King's leg, not my hand, so y'all don't get that. Twisted that, but you know it's kind of close over here, but it's okay. all good. Now, Miles, you you are aware that there's a certain procedure when we come out of the break. I have to finish explaining oh, to people what we're doing. And then, if you want to explain <laughs> to people what you're doing, I'm excited. Or you try to keep yourself together, that's fine. But I don't think anybody's concerned about where your hand is or what's going on. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I need to separate you right now. Right. Slide over a little bit. Try to take it in a nice way. Well, uh, we're, we're about to wrap up our college football segment. Um, again, you're looking forward for the. Uh, you know, a lot of people talked about there was some national pushback. Of course, you know about this game being an all-SEC championship, of yes. course, being played in the in the place where they play the SEC title game, right. being played in the South. Uh, there was a lot of pushback, people talking about they won't watch the game and so forth. But here's the bottom line on game watching. 
if the game is compelling, people are watching. Yeah. Watch the game. That's really the bottom line. This game was very compelling. Have the final numbers come out yet? Uh, I don't know. Let's go see if we can uh, pop up on here and see if we have anything about the TV ratings uh, about the college football championship. And again, guys, if you want to chime in on the broadcast, we actually do have a call in line. Uh, call in line is. Three four seven three two six ninety nine ninety one, and you are listening to the Real Talk Sports Show. And we're going to take a look and see if we can find what the ratings are here. Uh, and here's what it says: Playoff TV ratings are up. Okay. It says Alabama's CFP national championship win over Georgia earns the second highest TV bowl rating. I don't know if I can go here, but that's what it's saying. It says ESPN scores as Alabama wins national title in overtime. It says ESPN scores big ratings because okay. Alabama scored the national uh, championship. And it says they rise on the return. Let's see if I can kind of get some actual news from ABC News as we're looking here on various websites trying to get this information for you about where this was in the pecking order. But, again, you have to be deaf, dumb, and blind, and I understand that this, this thing had to have, you know, huge, huge uh, ratings. Uh, because again, you had a game that was had a great storyline, the the master against the mentor, mm-hmm. mentor against the mentee, I should say. Uh, you had a situation where you had a team that had been a dynasty versus another team which is trying to, you know, make their own mark in this. So, and the right. game went to game went to overtime, right. you know? and it had twists and turns, ups and downs. You really couldn't turn the, the TV off. So, I mean, uh, you know, um, let's see, let's see what the headline says. It says. Pushing through, and of course, every time we try to get anything here, they kind of spin us off. You know, it is when we try to get information online. Mm-hmm. They do a bunch of ads, and so you got to give it up to Jordan too. They had right in in the semifinal, they had a double overtime, and then in the championship, they had an overtime. So but, I mean, Jordan didn't win this season. They didn't, they didn't. No, man. I, mean, I, I said you got you got to give it credit, I mean, even though we can say, and I said it, and and that Kirby was out coaching some key points in that game. There was no question that uh, um, that. You know, Georgia, they, they have nothing to be ashamed of. Okay, let's read it here. So with 16.7 immediate market results across their main channel, ESPN2, ESPN2, and ESPN shattered double-digit rating requirements that hit the NFL this season. Oh, wow. um, so, you know, they said last night's primetime game was up 9% uh, in the early rating over the Clemson-Alabama game of last year, which was an epic game. And it said, uh, you know, this is what you're looking at here. And it said, as it stands, last night's game was the second best metered market result to college football playoff error with only a 2015 Ohio State-Oregon match topping it out. Of course, that was the matchup with Marcus Mariota and Ohio State with Ezekiel Elliott just running for 200 against Alabama. So that was a compelling matchup. Uh, But it said no question about it that uh, they were up 8% all across the board um, you know, with their rating. So this idea that the game wasn't going to be watched because it was a regional game, it was a bunch of junk, man. I mean, right. you know, just like you said, too many compelling storylines. That's crazy. I didn't hear that, man. So they weren't going to watch it. I didn't hear that. Yeah, people, people were talking about that. People were talking about how, uh, how down it could possibly be because you had all, all the teams from the South that were in it. So they were worried about the West Coast and everybody else. You had a cousin in, in Kuwait. Um, shout out to my cousin, Bowen. Taylor Swift, but he was uh, he's over there. Him in his service too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's over there. He's over there and been a contract at, at the moment. Okay. But he was like, I'm, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to get up at four o'clock. You know, I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it's just one of those one of those things where people will watch it if you if there's a compelling matchup if there is 
a compelling storyline. People want to see it. People want to be a part of it. Um, so I can have a dog on the side, but I'm a football fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch football. You know, so. Hey man, at the end of the day, the other thing too is speaking of a boondoggle. Um, the city of Atlanta and certainly Arthur Blank, which was very interesting. Arthur Blank was actually at the game and, and did the same right. thing, got it on the field late in the game. And that's because he's saying, basically, to everybody said, I told you so. Mm-hmm. Because this game, everybody, well, I my slide, everybody got paid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the PSL people, the ones who were smart, my good friend and buddy, if you're watching me, that's probably my fault. I should have reminded you that you should have got your tickets. We <laughs> sold them. Right, right, right. Uh, because in essence, um, it was setting records. Um, I think the only game, it might have been an Ohio State-Oregon game that was the only game that was close in ticket prices. Uh, the escalation had gotten up to over $2,000 right. a ticket. And then you were close to $4,000 if you wanted that quote-unquote VIP experience. So, you know, you, you had ticket prices, man, that really were pumped up here. Uh, complete sellout, obviously, for the game. And the place was just buzzing. And, and, and that was in spite of the fact that in that, you know, week run-up, I did the ESPN. They had a, what they call a blue carpet event. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that. We were in temperatures of around 10 degrees right. by the time we left on the quote-unquote the blue carpet. Our, our lips were blue. <laughs> so it was, it was really crazy, man. But even with all of that, that Ohio State Oregon game was in Dallas. It was in Dallas that year. I think it was in Dallas. That's right. Yeah, but everybody wanted to see Jerry Ward, right? Yeah. And that's why I think we drove that. But uh, yeah, man, just a, a great game. Uh, we got to look for for Georgia to to continue to build on that. They have um, one of the best recruiting classes in the nation going right. in, right. heading into 2018. And certainly, you know, everybody talked about this. There is now going to be a shift back in terms of depth. I'm not trying to say necessarily that all of a sudden you're going to have Alabama getting punched in the nose by an Eastern champion, but there's no question now the depth that you had before in the East is going to be back uh, with Jeremy Pruitt. And if you want to uh, get along and listen to some of those remarks, uh, you can go to our, our uh, YouTube page and you'll see actually the YouTube live interview that we did get a chance to uh, ask Coach, Coach, uh, Coach Pruitt a question. Uh, seems to me to be a stand-up guy very much like right. Kirby. Obviously, you have Dan Mullen uh, coming to town as well. I believe he's going to Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So now you have some, some guys that know how to win. You have some guys that know how to, uh, uh, you know, to, to make plays so, uh, and to get winning ball club. And I think you're going to see an exciting, uh, an exciting game that's going on. I mean, exciting play that you're going to see in the uh, in the East as well. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, want to give a quick shout out. You guys might have heard that ping. Uh, we're on Facebook Live, so someone did oh. instant message us, and we're going to give a shout out to Patel Samuels. Now, Miss Samuels is a uh, has a very unique job. She she gets involved with women's cricket. She's over the Women's Cricket Association here. We actually had her on last year, and I will tell you guys now, good Lord willing. Uh, I don't know if uh, Mr. Miles is going to join us. I might be able to get Mr. Swimmer out there because he's like me. He likes to always look at something a little new. But we actually right. <laughs> are looking forward to in the spring, late spring, early summer, to covering cricket. And right now, I hear cricket. Yes, I will really say that. Yes, we do. I don't come with you, but I, I, I might not have that much to talk about. Well, it's it's about soccer. I first brought up soccer. My, my guys gave me that same look. But when they saw the excitement that was generated, the other thing, too, the minister, you know, I'm, I'm all about the haberdashery. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> with cricket, you can dress up very well. So first of all, I'm not wearing a two-piece suit. Oh, yeah. Yes, we were. We were out there. You were out there in the best and everything, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. 
Again, we just want to give her a shout out again. Uh, they're having the women's cricket tournament back here again in Atlanta uh, for the Memorial Day weekend. So again, if we're good Lord willing, uh, we'll give them at least a little bit of coverage there. And uh, I've always been intrigued by cricket. To be honest with you, I'm right. this has been an interesting. Part. I just like the fact you come out there and be clean. Right. You go out there wear your nice white linen or tan linen, whatever you got, and go out there and chill out and watch a little cricket. But that's that's for the springtime. Right now, we are in football season here, and uh, we'll continue to talk about that. Listen, guys, you can join us, 347-326-9991. Again, we broadcast on multiple portals. Right. We're on Broad Talk uh, Radio right now on our Real Talk Sports radio station. We're also on our YouTube live page, Real Talk Sports TV, and we're also on Facebook as well on the Real Talk Sports page. So again, you can join us and check us out uh, right here. Well, before we get into pro football, I uh, want to give a, uh, I don't know, a shout-out or what. But, you know, I try not to really take shots at anybody. I'm really not. <laughs> but, I mean, what, what's up with Lonzo Ball, man, with his dad, LeVar Ball? What, what is he doing? I mean, it just seems like he's got a lot of business going on. Now he's, he's in some kind of back and forth with a better business deal. Yeah. I mean. Because they my Right. <laughs> and, and he, of course, comes back and says, well, the better business deal is like Yelp page is not relevant anymore and all that kind of stuff. He's talking about Yelp is what does it. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it just seems like it seems like he's in the news too much for me. He took a shot at Luke Walton, so he's lost a locker room. I mean. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know. I have kind of tuned him out a little bit, because like you said, it's just too much noise right now, and uh, unnecessary noise, and I I believe, my daddy used to say something all the time, he said, can you know, if they can, make a lot of noise. Wow, you know, so you know, <laughs> well, but that's and I didn't know what he was talking about until um, this Lavar Ball. <laughs> can make a whole lot of noise, and you know, and I understand, you know, he's. I think he's building on the premise that all publicity is good. Yeah, yeah. All, uh, everything that he says, everything he does is good. You know, as long as you can get in the first and get kind of free as with advertisement, you know, it's it's all good. You know, and uh, but I, I don't agree with it. I, I you know I think uh, he, he has to ring stuff in at some point in time, and um, you know get a control, get control on the situation. I'm surprised they hadn't kind of censured him. Yeah. Imagine them hadn't kind of censured him yeah. from, uh, from from the uh, you know from being so vocal at the games and, you know, yeah, I mean, you can't control who the press wants to talk to because right. he's, they know he's a hot take right no, no question. <laughs> I mean, he's going to get, he's gonna get hits. He's going to get draws on your, on your website. So you know that you're going to get those clicks. Right. And that's it. So, but it's just, it's just, I know magic is in kind of an odd position, right? Right. You know, where he, you know, obviously he's a father uh, himself. Um, you know, he knows what it's like for people to be, uh, very pro their son. And I think a part of him says, hey, man, it's still putting a lot of eyeballs on the Lakers. Yeah. You know, so he kind of says, well, we're going to let that go. And he's already come out and said, okay, regardless of what's going on, this young man is going to be a veteran of the Patriot franchise. So, I mean, he bases a roll in. Well, it is, it's, it's said that he has said something to him. Right. It, 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 it ain't really seemed to work what he ever talked to him about. But, um, uh, you know, supposedly the vibe is going to be over there in Lithuania. Well, I can't get in Lithuania. Uh, Lithuania. Yeah, it's Lithuania. Yeah, Lithuania. 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 Lithu
So um, that that might be part of the you know what Maddie told him to be taking a break for a little while too. So he, I guess he's not going to be traveling back and forth for another month, month and a half. But I'm sure we're going to hear from him some kind of way somehow. And uh, you're seeing actually when I was out to lift the rain, yeah. There you go. To uh, see if he can talk to him. Well, what are you guys going to do? I'm going to make sure that the bottles are all themselves out there. They're getting them all together. We're going to make sure that the bottles are all themselves out there. We're going to make sure that the bottles are all themselves out there. We're going to make sure that the bottles are all themselves out there. We're going to make sure that the bottles are all themselves out there. We're going to make sure that the bottles are all themselves out there. We're going to make sure that the bottles are all themselves out there. And 30, my over-under was 25. If they mm-hmm. did the same way that they did the first half, that would put them at 22. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to see now. I was kind of scared because um, your boy came back last night. What's his name? Yeah. Yeah. came back last night. And he was a, a ball of energy. There's no question. Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and he gives the Hawks uh, a real presence down low. And, of course, we saw the difference with him. Uh, being in the game for the Hawks, uh, even though he's you know, obviously suffering from some rust, he immediately his presence was felt down low. Nine points, nine rebounds for Deadman, and a couple of block shots as well. As the Hawks went out to Denver and knocked off the team of an old friend, Paul Millsap, one ten to ninety seven. No, he's not playing. No, he's not. No, uh, but uh, it was uh, you know that was a good win for them going out on the West Coast. Uh, Denver's a good team. Obviously, they're not the same team without Paul Millsap. Right. He gives them about sixteen points a game and certainly a veteran presence, but, uh, you know, kudos to the Hawks. And their only – it's going to be probably their only all-star, Dennis Schroeder. Um, you know, I think that uh, everybody kind of is is looking at this team, but he's he has to be the only representative from the team. 19 points last night for Dennis Schroeder. Uh, still having some difficulties getting his shooting percentage up, um, 6 of 15 from the floor, but – uh, again, 19 points for Dennis Schroeder to lead the way for the Hawks. Another good game for Torian Prince. I tell you, man, if this guy can start getting consistent with scoring, uh, the Hawks can really be a team that, you know, can be reckoned with. Torian Prince, 16 points, five rebounds last night. And uh, we had a Kent Bazemore, decent game from Kent Bazemore. Oh, yeah, he was going to say something. Yeah, I'm going to say something. I pulled up. I said, no, let me not, let me not throw the guy under the bus like that. But the thing with Ken Bazemore is just inconsistency. That's right. the biggest problem. Yeah, they give you 20 points one night, they give you four the next. Uh, and that's really the biggest problem. But, again, big shout-out to the Hawks as they went out west and uh, came back with a 110-97 victory. And at the halfway point, find themselves at 11 wins and 30 defeats. Well, guys, uh, the other big news that, of course, is going on here in the A is – uh, the Falcons have advanced to the divisional round of the playoffs, uh, knocking off the LA Rams 26-13 in a game where the defense uh, continues to impress, uh, shutting down a very, very potent Rams team, a team that basically one of the best-scoring teams in the league. Uh, yeah, that, that was very uh, impressive last weekend. I think the Falcons did. Uh, we could tell they were battle-tested. Right. You could tell who was the – who was a senior? Who had 36 seconds? Who played play, 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 and, and shiny and scoring 35 and 40 points a game. But um, 
I'll take these wins. <laughs> you know, any way you can get them, especially when you get to the playoffs. Right. As I said, we got a team over the last five weeks that haven't given up. Has anybody scored 20 points on them over the seven sides, maybe the Saints? That's it. That, that, I think that was the only team in the, in the last five or six weeks that scored over 20 points on them. You know, and that wasn't all their fault, all their, from their defensive fault, you know what I'm saying? So, so you just got to get them in a situation where they can, um, they can do it. Uh, it's funny to me, as we move into uh, this weekend with, with Philadelphia, it's funny that Philadelphia is, you know, um, they're using all tactics to kind of uh, get excited about the game. Right. Seeing that they're the, they're the, they're the, uh, they're the underdogs. Uh, they're the first time, first time in history that a six seed is traveling on the road and the home team is a three point underdog. And of course, the only, only reason they're the underdog is because Carson Wentz is not there. Right. Not there. And that's the only reason they're the underdog because they don't know what, um, what, um, um, the backup is going to do. Uh, Nick Foles is going to do. They don't know. Uh, they, they think he's going to play well, but you know, I mean, they had a they had a week off to to do what they need to do to get it ready. But I think you know, I, I like the Falcons in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if they win, and I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. You know, I really, you know, I'm trying to I'm 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 kind of I'm 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 as almost as um, as the uh, the Rams do it, you know, as far as uh, people playing in the in the playoffs. But uh, at this point in this in the division line, that kind of matters not. I mean, people are trying to they're trying to trying to get to that dance. And uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, if we can uh, can contain uh, uh, Jai who came up here when he was with. Uh, Miami, Miami, and, and ran wild on us in the second half. So we've got to find a way to contain him. We've got to make a, make a way uh, to um, to spool up Nick Foles and hopefully uh, get him throwing the ball high, get him throwing the ball low, get him throwing the ball over, all over the place, and um, play just good solid solid defense. I'm a defensive guy, so I love I love that the defense is balling. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not an offensive kind of guy, so I, I really love that the defense is balling. They're doing what they need to do and. and we're winning the way uh, that we're winning right now. <clears throat> yeah, um, well, you, you got to get the, uh, especially the, the Atlanta Falcons uh, offense showed up last week. They played balance. Uh, they played Matt Ryan with 21 for 30, 218 yards, one touchdown. Uh, they ran the ball like 34, 35 times. 39. 39, 39, 39 or 39. Uh-huh. And they just, they just kept them balanced, kept the defense off, off balance on, um, on St. Louis, excuse me, L.A. And, um, if they keep with that recipe, the way this defense is playing, I mean, there's no reason why they should not win and easily go, go back to the Super Bowl, maybe, uh, I'm assuming go to the NFC Championship and maybe even go back to the Super Bowl because even with Carter Wentz playing, which still again would be a better team, the way this defense is playing, I'm, I'm still not sure they wouldn't be the Rick Carson Wentz. So, uh, this defense has been very impressive. Like I said Friday on Game Time Sports Talk Radio, um, I would take the defense over any team in the playoffs right now, even the t- first when the playoffs first started. So, I mean, there's no question. This is probably one of the best projections. Oh, yeah, right now. The- I mean, 
I don't know if they really take him over there. I'm talking about Jacksonville right now. I don't know if they They've been good from the beginning of the year. So Jacksonville was a surprise a little bit. No, they weren't. I didn't predict them to go to pass. We're talking about their defense. Their defense was was uh, was right there on the cusp. And, they, and with the acquisition that they made, made it look as if they would be very special this year. I, I didn't think they would be this good. I thought they would be very good with Class Campbell. Uh, Adam Calais Campbell, uh, getting, getting Jack Kelsey, and um, and those two cornerbacks that they have. Jalen Ramsey is probably one of the best. AJ Boyer uh, uh, on the other side, getting him from Houston. I thought that they had a formidable mix to be very, very talented, very good. And then you know, we didn't know that um, that they would uh, that Houston would. <laughs> Not have a quarterback. Yeah, you know we didn't know that that Andrew Luck wouldn't play. Yeah, you know we didn't know a lot of those things. But I thought that but, you know that Jacksonville would be a very very good defense, and they would be a little bit better than than um. You know I thought they would go. Once I found out that that those other guys weren't playing, and then you know they didn't. You know it was going to be they were going to at least make it to the playoff. Well, get in, in the, I didn't see them making to the playoff. That's how I'm seeing getting better from last year. But the only question that we had was Borders, though. That was the, really the only question that you had. But what I'm saying is with the Falcons defense, we they made it to the Super Bowl last year and they wasn't that good as they are now. And we knew they was going to be better this year. So I was expecting this from the Falcons defense. I mean, you never been out there top ten defense last year. You did. You did I, mention I, that they would they would be a top ten defense. To you. Listen, I'm gonna give you credit where credit is due. Their, their defense and Ken said that earlier. Their defense is balling out. There's no question about it. And there's not too many um, to take over. Well, but again, you're talking about a Jacksonville team that you know they had the highest point differential I think, in in the NFL. Mm-hmm. These guys are blowing people out by you know again. Winning in spite of Blake Bortles on offense because now everybody realizes we're basically just stopping the run. We put nine guys in the box. This guy can't do anything. He's terrible. I say he's terrible, and now he has the nerve. He has the nerve to actually use your boy in a conversion, saying, well, I don't care what people say about me because people say bad things about LeBron James. Right, right, right. I'm thinking to myself, uh, <laughs> you could have used another person to compare yourself to. Yeah, I, I understand you because they talked about Jesus. So, <laughs> so they talked about Jesus, guess what? They're going to talk about you. But, uh, you know, Jacksonville has found a way to win. I mean, they want an ugly, ugly game. If if uh, Buffalo could have been anything in our they could have beat them last week because Borders just does not have it. And they've got to make a move at, at, uh, at that position because I think they've got too much talent around. Lamar Jackson. You know, they get him. Like I say, they've got, they've got to do something. And I'm not saying it's Lamar Jackson. I'm saying they've got to make a move and get a, a – a, I would like to see a veteran quarterback come in with somebody that can, that can lead them into a situation. I think what they would be even good if they were not Alex Smith. <laughs> because well, that's, a, that's a very good possibility. Because clearly Kansas City uh, is ushering him out of the door, right. and, and, and you know, <laughs> well, they are because they basically you, know, you bring a guy in that is you know considered one of the top five or top three college quarterback prospects uh, coming out of the draft. You draft him in the first round, right? Right. So what that telling well, wasn't one overall, but I'm saying he was, he was their number one in Kansas City. Yeah. You got a situation where you bring this guy in. 
And, of course, I would like to find Alex Smith for the first seven games when he writes out. And then the guy falls asleep at the wheel. Then he wakes up the last, five games, <laughs> last four or five games of the season. Right. And then they play an unbelievably stupid second half against the Titans, and they find themselves out of the game. Now, people, here's the thing. Speaking of that, I'm gonna, we're going to jump under that for just a second before we even talk Falcons. People here in Atlanta, they want to take shots every time a team doesn't do anything. Oh, the Falcons, blah, blah, blah. But think about the Chief fans, right. okay, who have been number one seeds repeatedly. Right. They have not won a single home playoff game in the last six tries. Yeah. And that goes all the way back to the Tony Gonzalez team that was 13-3, number one seed. They got Ugas. So yep. we can talk about Atlanta all we want about being chokers and this and that, especially before Mike Smith came before uh, uh, Quinn got here. But even even Mike Smith got him to the title game. Right, right, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, and, and even you know, Mike Vick already got to the title game. Yeah. So, yeah, at the end of the day, when we look at a team like Kansas City, and I look at guys like, uh, uh, you know, well, I play Andy Reid. I, you know, he's, he's the outstanding coach, of course, he is. Anytime you take a team to four straight – conference title victor, t- title games, and you get to the Super Bowl and you lose by three points to one of the great teams of all time. I'm not going to try to say the guy's a bad coach, but at the end of the day, I mean, at Kansas City, maybe not so nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so nice. I'm, I'm trying to figure out that uh, they need all the plays for Kareem Hunt in the locker room. <laughs> 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 I mean, he got the little chef card he got, you know, right. <laughs> plays to dial up. You mean tell you couldn't find Kareem Hunt name on none of them? Right. Guys, mm-hmm. I mean, one, the guy is the number one uh, leading rusher in the league. Okay, the guy's one of the most explosive players in the league. You got uh, you got all of this firepower from Kansas City. Right, right. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. And, and, you know, I'm like, okay, so Kelsey got hurt, and you need to tell me you had your, you had your, whole, your whole game plan was sitting around here the whole, the whole night. Because once Kelsey got hurt, you know, everything kind of went from here down here. Went down here. They looked like, they looked like, oh, well, dog owner. I guess we're going home. <laughs> right. Is that Alex Smith? No, that's not really necessarily his fault. No, we're not, we're not blaming Alex Smith for that. Now. But Alex Smith, I'm not the door then. I mean, you already know it. You already know it. Patrick Mahomes is there to to take over that job. Right. He, he's, he's there. He's got a cannon. He's got a cannon for an arm. Right. guy can make any throw. And, you know, he's under a rookie contract. Right. Alex Smith is 34 years old. Exactly. And he's, and he's been inconsistent in his play. So that's it. But it's going to, you know, they get him out of there. Yeah. And, you know, Alex Smith, and he is a, a the reason I say he'd be good for the Jacksonville because Jacksonville need a game manager. Right. They need a guy that's not going to put them in harm's way. They need a guy that's going to that can make all the throws, that can do everything that, that he does and offers to a team. And, um, you know, and that, that can be kind of that consistency that they need at that position. Right. And not hurt his team. Now, he's that kind of, he's that, that guy, and he'd be, I think he'd be a great fit uh, for them. But uh, I'm not putting all my I'm not putting all my I'm not putting all my models on uh, my money on Mr. Pat Mahomes either. He's not proving himself. So, but like you said, they're getting them for like cheap or whatever. Anyway, they're not gonna have to pay him a lot of money. But he's not proving to me either. He's a tech, Texas Tech product, which every tech, every Texas Tech quarterback pays for six thousand dollars a season. So he's not proven yet. Even though his, his, his intangibles are good. Yeah. But no, he's not proven yet. Okay, the only way that he's going to get proven is to be put in the fire. That's true. And the only way that he's going to get put in the fire is that Alex Smith is gone. Well, I, so, I would draw something else this year just in case he doesn't work out. 
Well, you can get somebody. You drafted them in the first round. They're not going to go back back to back with two two quarterbacks like that. If you get something in the third round, I keep throwing his name out there because his name seems to be dropping. Lamar Jackson, you can get Lamar Jackson in the third or fourth round. You ain't gonna put your money. Let me ask you a question. Are you are you with the agent? Are you getting some money? Hey, no, I'm just saying. Anything that comes up, well, they they draft Lamar Jackson. Yes, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Let him learn from him. Lamar Jackson. What do you, I mean? Because they keep they keep telling him dropping. They keep saying he's dropping. Yeah, hey, you got it. Yeah, that's a steal deal. That's almost like this match out of my hands. You dropping? You dropping? I'm telling you, you was dropping, man. I'm uh. I hate, to say, I hate to say it, and I hate to see it. That's what I that, 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 that name, okay, and, and I and I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I love his talent. I love everything he does. Uh, the problem I have with him is poor footwork. A feet, uh, you know, his feet are hard in the pocket. In the pocket, mm-hmm. I think uh, you know he is a he is a one way kind of guy. He, he he doesn't run readily like he like he normally would do. But in in that league, at, at the next level. He's got to be a little bit more precise. Uh, he needs to get with a quarterback guru of some sort and, and learn and work on what he needs to work on, work on his footwork, work on all the all the things. Because he has all the talent. He really has a nice arm, has all those things that you look for. He has a speed. Nobody's going to run a 4-3 or 4-2-9. Nobody's going to do that, mm-hmm. you know, at that position. So he does have that, that talent that's going to, you know, Probably uh, supersede anybody else's talent, but they just don't. They just have a bad grade right now. That game hurt him. That 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 uh, that hurt him. That that really hurt him. You know, and, and since that bowl game, everybody's talking about uh, Lamar Jackson. He's, he's dropping. Uh, he's dropping. You know, y'all right into my pocket. Y'all right into my lap. Hey, um, thing's going on. But uh, Mr. Arthur Blanco, I've been giving us a run. Listen, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I like Lamar Jackson. I like his his running talent. I like his big arm. Um, but you you have to be able to in the NFL, no matter how much you have those talents, you have to be more than one week guy. It's just the way it is. I mean, you <laughs> have to. Can I ask you a question? If you do draft him, say he sits two years. Right. He's talented enough. You can even put him in at receiver or something. Doing some. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? I'm just saying. You can, I'm not talking about playing him regularly. I'm just saying some special plays. Some play. You're receiver. I mean, if you're telling me you're going to put him in on special plays, yeah. Uh, you know, you you step here to run, but you're not going to put your quarterback. And play him in another position because if that's the case. You might listen, listen, man. Okay, we think that you can really help us as a slot receiver. If you want to play that, you, you can make our team. I mean, you, want, you want to be slashed. That's what you want to do. Hey, like, if you sit out for years, it's not the same. You go in there and you use some special plays on on the offense and receiver, give you a quick screen. And I'm trying. Hey, that's what. That, hey, that's what I'm trying to tell you. That's a Nick Saban move right there in that second half. I'm trying to tell you. So, 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 so not Nick Saban. No, I'm just saying. But <laughs> That's a new. Someone else. You got to use your talent, man. I'm trying to figure out. So, you know, Lamar Jackson is always at the top of your list. Who else at that that position? I know we we kind of growl at it. Because, you know, I mean, that's that's what Miles does. Who else is on that list from from this year's quarterback class that would be Sufficient for you. Uh, Baker Mayfield would be my first one. Oh, Lord. He'd be my first one. So everybody that's from Martin Field, that's what you want. Oh, definitely. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, here, but to, to Miles' defense, 
there's no question that the game is changing mm-hmm. in the NFL. You might have this idea, and, and I forget to, who wrote the article, this idea that you're going to draft a drop-back quarterback um, with the speed that you have at defensive line and linebacker, and so we're just going to drop back and we've got to, you know, get these five stars offensive tackles. It's not going to happen. Your quarterback is – I'm not going to say you have to have a 4-3, but he's going to have to move around the pocket. Because, listen, even, even as much as we kill Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan in the pocket – does find a way to kind of slip and slide and move mm-hmm. around. Right. And, and then here's the thing. The, the games that the Falcons really win are games that he's actually ran three or four times to pick up key first down. Mm-hmm. Like, right. you, have to, you have to be able to run the ball mm-hmm. some. So, well, you, you know, I, 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 agree, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. But, you know, the reason the game is changing in the pro level is because, you know, it's so different at the college level. Mm-hmm. It's so different at the college level from the line um, to the quarterback play. Not many systems run pro-style quarterback, you know, pro-style quarterbacks. Yeah. I think we're really seeing the last breed of style, style quarterback so just pocket passes. I think this is it. Brady, Rivers, Breeze, all these guys. I think this is it. I, I think this is going to be just mobile, mobile quarterbacks all over the league. All right, well, let's take a look at that. Okay, let's. I mean, you would think that you start to see some more of that now. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, in your mind, look around the league. Okay, who do you really have that is a running quarterback that is actually – a good one. That yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's coming now. That's what I'm saying. This is the last. I mean, it's all about. It's all about fifteen good quarterbacks in the league. It's just that big. All right. Well, but, 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 yeah, I'm just saying that the elite guys that's in the league now, but mostly this pocket passes. The real play is elite. The elite guys are mostly, uh, you know, pocket passes. And I think this is about the end of my favorite. Well, that's some forty, thirty-six, thirty-seven. Generation, the next quarterback is coming up. This is going to be all mobile guys coming. Well, I think they'll be more mobile. I think I agree with that. They'll be more mobile than what we see today. But still, the guys has to. Oh, yes, for the ball. Actually, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. You, you think that you're going to see the NFL like go to a spread? All the time when you got guys just running around and, and playing like that. It's not going to happen because what will happen you get your quarterback killed. Right, and the one you don't have enough people. So you're just not going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Listen, guys, we're going to take a quick break again. Then we're going to come back and uh, close out the broadcast. You're listening to the Real Talk Sports Show as we broadcast to you from one of our favorite spots, the Holiday Inn, Stockwood, George. Keep it locked right here. Yes, sir. Attention promoters, event organizers, and committees. If you're looking for a place to have your next big event, you must check out the C-Room Multiplex. The C-Room Multiplex cordially invites you to book your next artist or to host your next big event at the C-Room. Specializing in the following areas, CD release parties, showcases, fashion shows, movie premieres, birthday celebrations, wedding receptions, banquets, pastor's anniversaries, special events, and more. At the C-Room Multiplex, we also offer catering and decorating packages. For more information, call us, 678-823-5124. That's 678-823-5124. Or visit us on the web at croomatlanta.com. That's c-roomatlanta.com. The C-Room is Atlanta's premier Christian entertainment venue. The C-Room, 4013A Jonesboro Road, Forest Park, Georgia. Mention this ad for special pricing. This is Minister Jonathan Simmons, host of the Real Talk Sports Show. Do you like the positive sports stories you've been hearing? Well, partner with us to help keep the good news of sports on the air. We have great audio, video, and internet advertising packages available to promote any size business or event. Contact me directly at 678 678- 
410-9833 or send me an email, sales at realtalksports.net. We'd love to partner with you to keep the good news of sports on the air. All right, boys and girls, we are back here. Final segment of the Real Talk Sports Show as we broadcast to you live from the Holiday Inn in Stockbridge. And, you know, the cool thing about being on remote, which I love, is that uh, we, we get to interact with uh, with people here on the spot. So we have a gentleman here. We, he walked by, and you can you guys were watching us on Facebook and on uh, YouTube Live. He's wearing the Saints. Out the there, but who that, baby? Who that? There we go. Well, speaking of who that, uh, we're going to shift gears here real quickly. First of all, you got to give a shout out to the NFC South. Three teams in the NFL playoffs, and uh, two of them still around. Oh yeah, yeah, Carolina and Saints and, uh, and the Falcons. Um, you know, hats off to uh, to Carolina. They did play a good game uh, during the regular season. The Saints pretty much uh, um, you know slaughtered them, and during the playoffs uh, they had their own. In fact, uh, yeah, I was. My heart was beating a little fast after the game. <laughs> you know, one of the things that we've been talking about, even in the uh, in, in the college championship game and uh, you know some of the other games, some really strange coaching decisions. Because at the end of the day, if you really think about it, and he did the same thing against the Falcons, Sean Payton made some calls down the stretch, which really brought both the Falcons and Carolina back in the game with an opportunity to win. Of course, matter of fact, the game here it cost them the victory here. Would have really you, you can't you can't play for a win. Uh, this is not baseball. You play for the win in the world. You don't do that. You play for overtime and then let the chips fall where they may. Uh, so but before we go on, just give us your first name again here. Give us a shout-out. Uh, my first name is Bill. And uh, who that? I want to say everybody back. Uh, say hi to everybody back in the world. And, uh, you know, um, I'll be watching the Saints game Sunday. That's for sure. <laughs> well, speaking of those Saints, uh, obviously, again, uh, knocking off Carolina is very, very rich. You can beat the same team three times in the season. But now you're facing um, really – if you look on both sides of the ball, probably one of the best teams still left in the playoffs with the Vikings. What do you think the big key is for the Saints to be able to pull this thing off on the road? Uh, well, all right, so I don't think they're going to pull it off. I know they're going to pull it off, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I like that. Well, I like no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Okay. The Saints played the Vikings the first game of the season. Right. Mm-hmm. When they played them, they didn't have the two-headed monster. True. At least they not playing the way it is now. No, 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 no. They they had Ingram mm-hmm. and they also had Peterson. Right. Okay. That's right. Kamara's on the bench. Right. Yeah. Kamara was on the bench. So so Peterson was playing. Right. And no, nobody knew who Kamara was. So it, that's something that that Minnesota's got got to watch out for. So when 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 everything is said and done, I think the Saints' offense is going to be the only offense that's going to going to really. Give it to them. Okay. Give it to Minnesota's defense. I don't have a uh, kind of agree with Bill. I, I, I really think uh, uh, Minnesota at that at you know I could see where they would be kind of lax going into into this game because they did handle um uh, was quite handled at the beginning of the season. Uh Alvin Kamara has has proven to be a very uh, valuable asset uh to Sean Payton. And the one thing that I really love that I saw this this past weekend when the run was not there, Drew Brees looked like Drew Brees again. You know, he really looked looked really good, you know, so uh, you know that that's that's gonna be the a key to me for them to, to really uh go out and do what they need to do to get to get the victory. Well, you know, Drew Brees is, is always going to be Drew Brees. Okay, if the run game is not working, because you know, years past it was always Drew Brees. Right, it was always that was it. It was the pat the passing game. 
All right. Drew Brees is always going to be Drew Brees. This year, he's, he's got the luxury of a running game. Right. You know, first with, with Kamara and Mark Ingram. And the defense has played really, really, really well. That's, that's the second thing. When, when Minnesota played the Saints in week one, the first two weeks of the season, the Saints looked like the yes, Saints. Yeah, okay? Horrible, horrible defense. They have come around since then. Well, of course, you look at that team, obviously, when you are able to insert a rookie, uh, like Lattimore, and the guy goes from being an unknown commodity to probably be one of the best cover cornerbacks in the league. Uh, that is very, very critical, especially in the NFC South, where you got basically four teams with good quarterbacks. Um, the other thing about uh, about the Saints and watching them here in real time is that uh, these guys, really, that two-headed monster is, in fact, just that. Uh, these guys are able to come at you either on the ground or, in the case of uh, – uh, Kamara, he can hit you on those short passes in the flat, which is really a nightmare. Now, I will tell you this. Uh, you know, with, with Barr and, uh, and and the other guys they have in that, that Minnesota linebacking core, you, believe me, they got the guys that can stay with them. Especially Anthony Barr. He's a three-footed guy that you see like from a couple of years ago, uh, sideline and sideline type of guy. So, it's, to me, it's going to be a compelling matchup. I think it's going to go right down the wire. But the difference that you guys have in your favor is is that you guys have Drew Brees at quarterback and Minnesota does not. Well, without a doubt, Minnesota has an awesome defense. Um, I, I, but I do think, well, you know, Drew Brees, what else can you say? I think it's going to be the key to that game, no doubt about it. And uh, I think that everybody here, especially guys who follow the Falcons and the Saints and uh, NFC fans, I know what everybody really wants. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 everybody wants to That's what everybody really wants to run to it. Um, which I think would be really, if you think about it, I, you know, I, a lot of people talk about these regional games and nobody's going to watch. If you had a situation where the Falcons and the Saints were playing for the NFC Championship, that's going to be much watched TV. I mean, first of all, you know, Ken, I know you appreciate being a defensive guy. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be the snot knocker and head knocker <laughs> game. It's going to be big time hitting, and uh, and it's going to be a good football game if it comes to that. I mean, the Falcons got their hands full uh, with the Eagles, but the Eagles are you know they don't have Carson Wentz, and that makes them a, a, a much more beatable team than uh, with Carson Wentz. So uh, we we could we could get what we're looking for. <laughs> well, I, I do think the Falcons are going to win this weekend because of no Carson Wentz. Uh, Nick Foles is, is is a serviceable quarterback, but there's a reason he's second string. Right. So I do think that Atlanta will uh, will win this weekend, and I do think it's going to be a Atlanta and Saints matchup. Well, I know that uh, everybody here in Atlanta would love that. Everybody in New Orleans would love it. Uh, just like you said, round three, and what better way to end the season off with uh, you know with that kind of game? And the thing that's cool about the Saints and the Falcons is is we always get some type of holiday game anyway. Even yeah. Christmas, <laughs> Christmas, another holiday. <laughs> one more time for the NFC Championship. Rob, listen, man, we appreciate you stopping by and joining us. A lot of times we try to get people to come on, and they go, oh, no, no, I don't want to come on the radio, but. I like it. He says, I'm a Saints fan. I'm coming on. <laughs> he said, just wave me over when you guys are ready. Nah, okay. <laughs> right, we appreciate you, and uh, we look forward to hopefully a round three Saints against the Falcons. Who that? Thanks for having us. In the building. Thanks for being here. We're going to bring back uh, the DBSD Deacon, Mr. Miles Tyson. He's got some water for us here. And listen, guys, let me tell you something. You know, we are big fans of the Holiday Inn and Sweets, big fans of, uh, of, the, of the people that stay here because everybody here has always been so friendly here and, and cordial. So, again, if you want uh, some place to, uh, uh, to stay when you come to Atlanta, especially if there's so many big games that are coming up, uh, the Holiday Inn and Sweets, uh, contact uh, uh, Juwetti. 
Um, you can give her a call, um, and uh, she'll be more than happy to get you guys set up. Or just call the front desk and tell them that Real Talk Sports uh, said for uh, us to uh, to give you a call and to get some great rates here at the Holiday Inn and Suites as we get ready, uh, you know, again, to wrap it up. Again, thank God for those of you who are watching us on Facebook Live, and thank God for those of you who also watched us on YouTube video as well. And uh, like I said, man, we're looking to do some, some bigger and better things here. we got some some things in the planning that I can't get in a lot of detail in, but we're going to try to expand our footprint here with more and more video and TV. Mm. Uh, we're going to be partnering with some people that hopefully uh, really bring you Real Talk Sports TV to your television station, at least a segment of it. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And, again, if you want to support that, uh, get on the ground floor. We're going to have some uh, introductory advertising rates, so you can contact me via email. Uh, Jay Simmons, that's J S I M M O N S, at realtalksports.net, or you simply simply give me a call on the cell, 678-410-9833, and uh, we would love to let you get in on the ground floor as Real Talk Sports Show is looking to expand its footprint into television. So, uh, again, uh, uh, stay tuned and check us out uh, as we grow and grow. Well, guys, I think these guys hit it on the head there. Uh, Saints and Falcons both have a legitimate shot. You know, both those teams are geared to beat the two teams that they're up against. So I would think there's going to be um, – we got a good shot, man, to see Saints and Falcons round three. Oh, that, would be, uh, that would be good. That would be good for uh, for both cities. Yes, sir. Um, you know, <laughs> you know I, we said it before we even started. There's nobody in this play in, in these playoffs right now in the, from the NFC side that, that we, we should fear. Nope. You know? nope. And uh, I believe that the Falcons have kind of hit a stride and they are in that, in that moment. And um, Dan Quinn has kind of built this team the right way, and um, they're peaking kind of at the right time. Um, it's crazy that Philadelphia was even trying to call that the underdog card and, and wanting to be the, you know, using that as a as a as a rallying cry as motivation to to add a home game. You know, and my thing is, if you got to do all that to get ready, not right, something not right. You know, that, that, that's something not right in in, in the house. So, um, you know. I'm thinking myself and my shoe, but none of them never, we always, we always on the dog. We always the guy that's, that's forgotten about. And, and what's going into the playoffs that way, uh, last week, uh, everybody said LA was going to do this. Everybody said LA. I mean, everybody said maybe one, one outlet. Was, actually, the, only, the only people that actually picked us moving out was NFL Network. They were the only guys that came out and said that because of what you talked about, the fact that the defense looked like it was really catching its trap. But you're right. Everybody else outside the NFL Network, they weren't feeling Atlanta at all. No. I was awesome. Yes, I was. Okay, well, I don't know. Okay, tell us what network that you want. Look, 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 the burgers here, they, the reason why they smell good is because they do something that's a little different. They actually have a three-beat grind. They actually use, um, um, they actually use a brisket, 
Wow. They actually use a regular uh, beef and some type of other uh, upscale steak. So they actually take three different cuts of meat to make that burger. And I got to tell you, the burger is it's got a unique smell to it. It's very tasty. Yeah, well, I'm giving it a taste one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the burger is good. Again, if you guys want to come out and join us. Uh, we're looking to come out here on uh, Thursday nights and have a good time. And like I said, if you're here in the audience, we'll be more than happy to get you on. The other thing, too, if you're a business, you have a unique opportunity to actually do a mini commercial on the air. Uh, not just your standardized 30-second blah, blah, blah. You can come out here, and we'll let you come on and talk to people for a couple of minutes. And, of course, then we'll uh, have the video available uh, to replay as well. So, again, come on out, man, and check us out here at the Holiday Inn right here in Stockbridge, just minutes outside of downtown Atlanta. Now, real quick before we get on out of here, um, your picks in the AFC. we got Pittsburgh with, you know, once again, low drama, with Le'Veon Bell once again talking about his money. Yeah, that was crazy. Well, you know, unfortunately, that's, that's, not a bad, that's not good because the last time a running back said something, before a big game, his team lost. Yeah. I'm just saying. Do I think these people made a little trip, trip, trip for the Super Bowl? No, and the one thing is, okay, y'all had all that right. to do all that. Do all that. Right. You know, now you want to get into the – and I understand they, 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 that's, this is the week when, when the game is, so everybody, everything's going to be hot. Everybody's going to have a hot take. Um, while we're talking about the uh, season, I want a guy that's committed to winning right now. Well, I, you know, I, I guess he's thinking, well, the work for Devontae Freeman, and he's yeah. I'm better than them. It might work for me. Right, it might work for me. And, and, and to Bavante's credit, uh, you know, at least when he was running the ball, he had an outstanding sword ball. Now, blocking was no situation. We're looking for Pittsburgh to uh, get some revenge on the Jaguars. Certainly, Ben's not going to throw five interceptions again. No, no. That's not going to happen. He's not going to throw five, but they might win him. Oh, no. No, no, I'll do that. I got Jackson. 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 I don't be surprised. You get those five interceptions by yourself. I got to go on the other side with the upset. I'm going with the Tennessee Titans over the uh, Tennessee Steelers with the drama that's going on down there a little bit. And come over over here. Yeah, yeah, right. right. And uh, I got Tennessee over. Uh, 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 we didn't expect you to be in front of us. You must stay with your team and you're in with your state and with your city and all that good stuff. So I, I, understand, I understand that. And to be honest with you, if if Tennessee go there and kind of grind in the game out and look at Oakland, they might can do something. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it could, they can definitely make it a close game. And, and we saw that they do have the ability, uh, if if all things are right, to be able to, uh, you know, do some things because Mariota is one of your favorites. He mm-hmm. can, in fact, keep drives alive in the seat. And he does have a good arm. Let me tell you something, sir. I know we got to go, but Mariota, man, last week, he said, man, I was sitting there in the playoffs, and he got a bad attempt, and that was crazy. But the play, when he threw the ball off on the third down in the game, he handed the ball off to the big fella, Derek Henry, and he turned around and knew he made the wrong lead. 
but but he screened it and made the block was wrong. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta wanna pay for what makes the other players on the team want to play for a guy like that, you know. And then the way he caught that that that's not bad earlier on the other way we just talk that's about a that. mean, that's a that's a magical season moment there. That's what yeah. that happens when you win football games as opposed to we got to sign up for Rock Talk Radio. We'll stay on social media a little bit while longer. For those who have been watching, I just want to say God bless you and good night.